everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're located. I'm very excited. I have Jill Love with me today. She is a senior care consultant and a geriatric care manager who serves the Los Angeles area. Jill works with older adults and their family members to evaluate care needs and solutions objectively, compassionately, and without conflict of interest. She handles the logistical side of senior care. That way families can focus on providing emotional support for their aging loved ones. She brings clarity, comfort, and confidence to families as they navigate the world of senior care. Jill has a master's degree in gerontology from the USC Davis School of Gerontology, as well as an MBA from the UCLA Anderson School of Management. Jill earned her bachelor's in intercultural communication from Pepperdine University, and she's had her RCFE certificate in California since 2010. Jill lives in Redondo Beach with her beautiful family, which I'm very grateful to know. And she's here with us today to help us navigate some of the questions and issues that arise with senior care, especially now with this pandemic where we all have a lot going on. And unfortunately, our seniors are getting impacted with this pandemic quite heavily. Families are being impacted with the work-life balance. Jill, we're so excited to have you here with us today. I'd like to just give you a couple of minutes to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you do before we dig into these questions. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I just am so thrilled to be here and honored that you would ask me to participate, but I just, um, I love talking about anything related to senior care, especially to a peer and a friend and a colleague. And I think that so many of us are in this boat of realizing huh, we're getting older <laughs> and therefore our parents are getting older. And it's just this big question of like, what do we do? How do we prepare for this new era of looking out for aging issues in our own loved ones? And then also being, um, you know, smart for ourselves and how can we be aging well? So I love all things related to this. And I got inspired to get into senior care because I watched my parents who are from different cultures and countries dealing with senior care with their siblings very differently. And so that inspired me after I was in um, grad school and I got laid off to just really think about what interests me and what is a great combination of my passions and my skills and, and different things. And so I landed on the world of senior care and senior housing. And after working inside of a retirement community for several years, my coworker and I realized that what we loved most about what our job entailed was shepherding families through this process of understanding needs and finding a good solution for them but we were bound to selling a very particular solution of a retirement community. So that's what inspired us to uh, start Peters and Love and to work really one-on-one -on -one with families. Usually it's the adult children who call us who are looking for some guidance because they're seeing some concerns but don't really know how to address those concerns with their parents. And so um, every client situation is different and it keeps me on my toes and I learn every single day from my clients and from their families, but that's what I love. It's a continuous challenge, so. 
<laughs> and it's such a unique specialty that you have. I can't tell you how many times I see on a mommy group on Facebook or just overhearing friends chit chat at the park. Oh, I, I don't know what to do. My mother is getting older. We're not quite sure how to handle her caretaking, or they start talking about uh, another guardian, a grandparent, or their father. And this is something that you can help them with. I, I've been very happy at times to be able to chime in and say, oh, well, Peter's in love is great. They can give you advice on a variety of topics and questions Aww. that you may have. But it, again, it's, it's a unique specialty. And I'm glad that we're bringing awareness to this because I think it can be a challenging topic. And it's one where individuals might feel alone or they may feel that by bringing up the topic with their siblings or whoever else is involved in the decision-making that it can cause conflict. And that's, you're there to help to provide objective options. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And what I tell my clients often is that there is no one right answer to this. There is no one size fits all solution. And hearing what a friend did for their mom and dad may not be appropriate for your own care situation. And so there's so much nuance to it and there's uh, a skill, but there's also an art to the communication aspect of this. And um, so, gosh, I wish I had my, uh, my therapy license or dispute resolution and mediation training and things, because so much goes into working with families in very tender, raw times of life. It's really a privilege to be welcomed in and to be, um, to be able to work with families in such a very, um, real and sometimes difficult time, but I love it. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad that you have the passion for it and it shines through in the work that you do. Speaking of working with families that are in a dispute because of this, what are issues that you were seeing pre-pandemic and are there any new issues that have arisen? Has it changed what you're seeing in families regarding to senior care and kind of opening up too to a discussion on what are things that individuals should be concerned about that may arise? Mm -hmm. Oh goodness, there are so many things that we could talk about. We could go on and on, or I could go on and on about this, um, but I'll, I'll try to hit some of the, the common things that I'm seeing with a lot of my clients, especially even just in the last year. But for the most part, clients call me because there has been some type of triggering situation. There was a diagnosis, there was a hospitalization, there was a fall, or there's been a decline uh, gradually over time that's now just becoming really difficult to deal with. There is something that's making senior care a front burner item rather than staying on the back burner where most people like to keep it. <laughs> and uh, senior care is just not sexy and it's not fun. It's not exciting. And so I understand it's like going to the dentist and planning a root canal. Like it's just, it's, it's not something that anybody really wants to make a priority to talk about and put money towards and things like that. Um, so I know that I come in when there's, there's some major stress going on um, and that there are logistics to have to deal with, but also emotions that have to be dealt with. Uh, but by and large, the clients who contact me just want to know, how can I be the best advocate for my loved one? 
And so that is what I really dive into in various um, situations and scenarios of helping families understand, is home safe? Um, is there a good backup plan in place? Do people have the right ability to advocate on their loved one's behalf if they are incapacitated in some way? Um, is there an appropriate division of responsibilities? Are they handling it appropriately in terms of respecting their parents' autonomy and ability to make decisions? Or does, does there need to be some type of legal change because of changes in conditions? Um, and then also often it's just getting on the same page, even with siblings or addressing denial. Uh, so those are, those are some of the biggest issues and themes that come up again and again with my clients, regardless of whether we're talking about dementia or Parkinson's or a hip fracture or, um, you know, just living in a house that is not built for an 85 year old. Um, so there are many concerns that come up, but then the pandemic has really just magnified any concerns that were happening pre-pandemic. And uh, unfortunately, it took away a lot of our options for solutions for families. So for example, moving to a retirement community, um, there's not good social distancing there. And there were outbreaks in retirement communities. Skilled nursing facilities felt like a death warrant for a while. And um, I did everything in my power to keep clients out of skilled nursing and out of the hospital as much as possible. So I think our choices and our, um, our plan A, B, and C were different in this past year compared to what they would be in a normal year, because we just had to realistically incorporate the restrictions and limitations of social distancing, the vulnerability of the older adult population, um, lack of access to medical care um, and PPE, all those different things. Um, and then a huge thing that's been a challenge for children and parents alike is the isolation and the depression and the anxiety that came with just this mental load of the what ifs uh, when it came to the pandemic and what if my mom gets COVID? How do I respond to that? What do we do? Who will care for her? Um, so thankfully there's the light at the end of the tunnel. People are getting vaccinated. My parents got vaccinated a couple of weeks ago, um, or at least their first round. Um, retirement communities are fully vaccinated or very, very close to it. So options are slowly returning back to uh, pre-pandemic situations, but um, certainly we're not there yet, but it's getting in that, in that direction. I'm glad you, you, you spoke on that because there's so many themes in there that I'd love to, to dig out, but I know we have limited time for the podcast. So afterwards, I'm going to direct people to your website and to reach out to you. But the theme of communication, the theme of mental health, the theme of having options, what to do when your options get limited because of a pandemic, which I think none of us anticipated, right? But also finances, your options are going to be limited by, by finances. So something that you, you spoke about was the communication piece, mm -hmm. speaking with your siblings. That's something that can cause a lot of conflict because mm -hmm. 
not everyone's on the same page. The finances of one individual may look different than the other. Did your parents save enough to be able to assist them with these decisions? There's so mm -hmm. much that goes into that. What would be some of the things that you would tell your clients that they should consider when deciding senior care? Mm. Well, yeah, I will touch on a couple of those things that you just mentioned, because all of those things are important considerations. Um, but where I usually start is just trying to get an understanding of what their aging, what your aging loved one's needs are, and particularly what are the unmet needs? What's not going well? right now. <laughs> Let's start there and then we can unpack more. Um, so when you're looking at needs, you can be thinking of physical needs. Uh, so for example, if there's been a, a fall or a history of falling um, or pain, arthritis, different things, uh, think about that. Think about cognitive needs. If you do have mild cognitive impairment or maybe a diagnosis of dementia or Parkinson's related dementia, uh, there are some challenges that are very unique to cognitive decline. Um, then you have emotional and mental needs. Are there any diagnoses that um, were pre-existing or are just developing now in older age, especially if there's grief from loss of a spouse or uh, loss of identity and purpose in retirement. There are a lot of emotional and mental needs of older adults. And depression, by the way, is not normal in older adults. Even though there's a lot more loss, depression is not a sign of normal aging. So um, that's important to remember. And then also social and spiritual needs. And of course that got highlighted in the pandemic of unmet needs because we couldn't meet. We couldn't get together as friends and as family and as church members or volunteers and all these things that bring fulfillment and purpose and joy. Uh, those things were taken away for a year. And that was a, a big wake up call to a lot of us of how can we be creative in, in meeting those very real needs in different ways during the pandemic. Um, but aside from unmet needs, it's also important to think about their current environment. Is that a house? Are there stairs? Um, is it handicap accessible for somebody who might have a walker or a wheelchair? Um, is it in a good climate? For example, I've been helping a family where their mom is in New York and they're here on the West Coast and New York gets ice and rain and storms and they just, they can't help out. So um, think about your living in their living environment and is it safe or can it easily be made safe? And if not, then we might need to be looking at some solutions outside of the traditional home. Uh, and then values and priorities. Oh my goodness. Um, if we don't acknowledge values and priorities, it's, it's a bit of a lost cause in terms of deciding retirement community or home. So thinking about what's important to your parent, is it being near family? Is it staying near friends or being with their beloved doctor or church? Um, is it having finances to be able to leave a legacy and to pay for college for their grandkids? Is it having certain activities? Um, find out what your parents value most so you can acknowledge and also prioritize what's important to them. And then, I mean, the bottom line is, can you afford 
different options. So <laughs> like you said, the budget is a huge, huge consideration. And, you know, I don't want to be talking about Lamborghinis with a family when I need to be talking about Honda Accords. They're both very good, but we need to be talking about what's relevant and appropriate for each family and each diagnosis and, and care situation. So those are the main highlights that I would mention that any family should be considering if you're seeing that um, there are some unmet needs and we might, we might need to be thinking about additional supports and services and solutions. And Jill, I've got to tell you, I know you mentioned that you don't have your degree in, in dispute resolution, but you act so much like a mediator because <laughs> discussing needs is our number one tool. We need to address the unmet needs. And you described, I, I'm glad that you did this, you described the variety of needs that need to be addressed during senior care, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, the social, and I'm sure everyone will replay what you just said so that they can get that whole <laughs> list and write it down. Thank you so much. It's just such a, a great thing to have that list so that individuals know what they need to be considering before they make a decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And let's go ahead and discuss, this can be kind of wrapping up our session for today. And again, I will be sharing Jill's website and her information. That way, anyone who'd like more information, who's in the situation and would like a senior care specialist such as Jill can reach out and look at her website. What would you say are the tips that you give to families to help ease the stress of transitioning their senior parent? Mm-hmm. Oh, there are so many things that we could talk about again. <laughs> I could go on and on. And I tend to talk too much and write too much about all of this. And then it's like drinking from a fire hose for my poor clients and friends. But I would say the biggest thing uh, to get right is just to promote your role as a loving daughter or a loving son. And that your purpose is to really support your parent or your aging loved one in helping support their wishes and their preferences when it's appropriate. And then also to be honest when there are concerns. And I know that not everybody's going to see eye to eye. I know that there's a lot of denial that happens. Um, but if we come from a point of love, from a point of grace, then it's a little bit easier to swallow <laughs> some of the tough stuff that we might have. And so that is connected to one of my next points um, or my next tip, which would be just to try if you're able to, if you have the gift of time, plan ahead and take these conversations in bite-sized pieces and know your parents or know your audience and know, um, do they like to get questions via email? so that they can think about it before they respond? Or do they like to, you know, maybe go on a walk where you don't have to make eye contact, but it can be a little bit more casual conversation. Sometimes it's the wrapping of these conversations and the, the couching of them uh, with positives and love and fun things that again, make it easier to address what can be a very stressful, anxiety riddled um, type of conversation but then also help them know that you want to advocate for them, especially if they're unable to do that themselves. So if they give you the tools such as a HIPAA authorization to talk with their doctor or getting power of attorney for medical purposes or for legal and financial purposes, it's not taking power away from them. It's letting 
letting them invite you into the process so that you can keep things moving in a good and a positive direction. That's not always an easy conversation and not everybody wants to give over a spare set of keys to their to their kids <laughs> when it comes to decision making, but um, that really is, is is a gift to be able to have that legal ability to advocate for your loved ones, um, and then also really help once you understand what their priorities and preferences and values are, maybe do some of that legwork for them. Do some research. Is it providing in-home care? Is it looking at some retirement communities or board and care communities that are local um, that would be appropriate? And then you can kind of narrow down and funnel down what could be a hugely overwhelming process for them and then explore maybe two or three different options with them. And just again, reiterating that you're there to support them and to love them, but you want to help them maximize their independence and maximize their choices while they have the ability to do so. I think those are some of the biggest keys for being able to move forward even when there's a decline physically or cognitively or both. And then sometimes, Denise, I'm sure, I mean, you are no stranger to this with what you do with um, dispute resolution and mediation, but sometimes things don't go very smoothly and it's important to know when to call somebody else in. So whether that is a mediator or whether that's um, having a frank discussion with a doctor, or if it's bringing in a geriatric care manager or senior care consultant, uh, where you can document your concerns, share your concerns, hopefully in a neutral way, uh, but you can't really overstep your bounds. And sometimes it's just knowing that uh, you might not have really the power to make good choices on behalf of your loved one, but you can be there to pick up the pieces and help respond if there is a future crisis. That's not the best scenario, but it often is the scenario that ends up playing out, especially if there's denial. Well, I think that's a, a realistic approach, though. And, and I do love so much that you gave it such a positive spin of being the advocate, being able to enable choices for mm -hmm. the patient. I think all of that goes to thoughtful care. And I help, I, I believe that knowing that you're doing what's best for someone that you love and, and being informed and having tools in your toolbox to be able to do that, that does help alleviate the stress. I think you've given a lot of great tips for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's just, um, I think that the pandemic has ratcheted up the level of stress for older adults who have been feeling this squeeze of trying to be healthy and safe and not being a burden to their kids. And then also people like us who are working parents and we've got full plates, but we also want to be good daughters and we want to be good advocates for our loved ones. And so um, trying to do it in a in a purposeful and loving way is not always easy, but if we keep that as the goal, then yeah, we're going to mess up, but we can keep striving and moving in the right direction, hopefully. I think that's great. That that's, I think the, the best way that we can end our session today is on that note of working towards being advocates and enabling choices and being loving and compassionate and showing empathy and realizing when 
you may need additional assistance or just acknowledging that you've done what you can, but that you did your best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then call Denise if it goes beyond that. <laughs> We'll call Jill when you do need a a senior care specialist. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jill. We really appreciate it. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I look forward to listening to all the other wonderful people that you bring onto your podcast. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you.